It's not about proving you can do it once. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. It's about showing you can do it again. Three ball, why not? Cash, Money Middleton. And Giannis down the lane and a man slams. It's Holiday. Floats it off the window. Good. Let's talk Bucks. We're going to listen to whatever, you know, Bud wants us to do. And we're going to go out there and compete. Game recaps, analysis, and previewing every second of playoff basketball for the reigning champs. This is Bucks at Six with Alex Strofe on ESPN Wisconsin and streaming on Wisconsin On Demand. here on ESPN Wisconsin. Thanks for hanging with us. Excited to get into what was a terrific Game 5 win in Boston last night for the Milwaukee Bucks. Trying to fulfill the prophecy to Brandon Jennings winning this series in six, which they'll have the opportunity to do tomorrow at Pfizer Forum as the Bucks have maybe the best fourth quarter I've ever seen them play. Seriously, I'm I'm talking ever, right? Like, they had some really good games, really good fourth quarters last year in the NBA playoffs en route to an NBA championship. But last night, both offensively and defensively, and we'll get into how sexy that defense was last night, might be the best fourth quarter I've seen them play. So excited to get into everything Game 5 tonight. We'll chat with Greg Matzik, who was out in Boston last night. We'll talk to him in about 10 minutes. We'll go around the NBA. And we got to talk about a magical dog a bit later. But I want to start with uh, with three takeaways from last night and get some reaction from you on the text line. 800-990-3776 is the first Midwest Bank text line. 800-990-3776. Your way into the show. If you want to chime in on that win, what were you doing? How would you react? If you reacted anything like me... It probably included quite a few expletives <laughs> because once the Bucks came back, um, I, I was just up and down. I was screaming. I was swearing. I didn't think they had a chance, and they really had no business being in that game, right? Down 14 at one point, down by 12 at some point in, in the fourth quarter, and then with a couple of minutes left in the third or fourth quarter, excuse me, you're thinking, yeah, there's probably not really a shot, right? Al Horford had the put that put back dunk and you thought ah crap there goes the momentum and then uh, there was a very specific moment from the fourth quarter last night where I went from thinking oh man this is over to thinking oh my god they're gonna pull this off and that's when Giannis Antetokounmpo the man the myth the legend is standing at the top of the key with a wide open three-point shot in front of him and I'm thinking to myself If he misses this, it's over. If he makes this, we got a chance. And he sinks it. And he goes, oh, wait a minute. We still got a ball game here, don't we? And we sure did as the Bucs just roll. And the stat that I can't get out of my head, thanks to our our friend Justin Garcia here on the Bucs Radio Network. Bucs go 6 of 6 from downtown. Cash. In that fourth quarter. The Boston Celtics... Didn't even take a three-point attempt in the fourth quarter. So that's why defense is sexy. But let's get into three takeaways from this game before we take a break and and take a chat with our friend Greg Matzik. And that would be this. Takeaway one. 
It is okay to expect greatness from Giannis. Down Chris Middleton, you're going to need everything and more from Giannis and Tenacumpo. And we talked about it a bit after Game 4. You could just see how exhausted Giannis and Tenacumpo was at the end of that Game 4 earlier this week. And he had a great game in, in Game 4. Obviously wasn't enough to, to get the Bucks the win, but you have to expect, and it is okay to expect greatness from Giannis, because my, my takeaway after three quarters of the game last night was Giannis is doing everything we need him to do, and just about everybody else is not, at least from the offensive side of things. And Giannis kind of single-willed them into this ball game with Boston at TD Garden last night, and... Then everybody else did their part in the fourth quarter, and it was just enough to get the win. As he finishes with 40 points and 11 rebounds. Has there ever been such a thing as a quiet 40-point game? Because last night might have been an example of that from Giannis. He did everything in the first three quarters, and then everybody started filling the roles, making their shots, taking better shots, I think, than we saw in the first three quarters. And Giannis did it all. So I'm okay with expecting greatness, which we always have. But it is, it is completely okay, down Chris Middleton, to expect a 40-point game out of Giannis. I think that's okay. As uh, it seems like Chris is trending in the right direction, but you're going to be without him, I think, for at least tomorrow, if not into the next series, assuming the Bucks get it done tomorrow. Uh, takeaway number two from Game 5. I talked about it last week on Bucks at 6. Defense is sexy, man. Defense is sexy. And by the way, defense also wins championships. That's the saying, isn't it? Drew Holiday last night may not have been the most efficient guy in the world offensively, but he was the most clutch guy in the world when it came to defense. The block on Marcus Smart, then the steal from Marcus Smart to close out the game. Defense can be sexy, and if this series has taught us anything, man, oh man, whoo, it's got me all hot and bothered. Love defense. And Drew Holiday just made it look that much cleaner. Final takeaway, and there's this saying in sports, this old cliche we hear all the time, good teams get punched and respond, great teams get punched and win, right? And the Bucks got punched right in the mouth. Actually, that's not even a metaphor. Giannis legitimately got punched in the head by his own teammate and bled everywhere. And guess what Giannis and company did? They responded. And they won that game, which I still can't believe. They come back from 14 down at one point, 12 in the fourth quarter. They looked like they were out of it. If you are a, uh, a member of the cesspool we call Twitter, as, as I am an active member of, I love Twitter, everybody and their mother was counting the Milwaukee Bucks out last night in that fourth quarter. But you can't do that. You certainly cannot do that. The Bucks respond in a big way, in the best way they possibly could. And that is by winning Game 5, taking back the home court advantage they lost in Game 4, and now have the opportunity to fulfill Brandon Jennings' prophecy once again and win Game 6. Not only can they win Game 6, they can win it on their home floor. Which is as weird as it's been, actually. The Bucks have been better on the road than they have been in Pfizer Forum this postseason. Not that we should put too much stock into that. But a big win in Game 5 last night. Now they bring it home for tomorrow's Game 6. So we will see what happens there. 
I'm feeling really good. I was feeling really nervous yesterday. We talked about it on Rutledge and Hamilton, which you can hear weekdays 2 to 4 on ESPN Madison. I was really nervous yesterday. I was a, I was a basket case, man. I was, I was losing. I was all over the place emotionally. I didn't think the Bucks would win last night. I counted them out. But now I've realized I can't do that anymore. As they get ready for Game 6 tomorrow. We'll take a break. We'll talk to our friend Greg Matzik of 620 WTMJ next. He was at TD Garden last night. I hope he's still awake because jet lag is real. Uh, we're going to talk about all things Game 5 and also preview Game 6 with Greg Matzik. That's next. This is Buckets at 6 here on ESPN Wisconsin. <laughs> winning game five not just a dream nelly hope you understand that one bucks up three two on the boston celtics as we continue the celebration here on bucks at six on espn wisconsin alex strofe hanging out with you until seven o'clock as we continue to break down that thrilling victory one of the more thrilling victories i remember right like comparable to game seven of that series against the nets last year in the same round Wild win. Uh, excited to be joined now by a guy that was in the building last night out in Boston, Mass, at TD Garden. He is the great Greg Matzik, sports director at 620 WTMJ. You can find him on Twitter, at GMatzik. Greg, uh, before we get into the game, i got to know about the jet lag. How you feeling today? you tired? Did you take a nap? How are you feeling? Yeah, it was kind of a down-and-dirty trip for me. So I left... I left yesterday morning. I had a 5.20 a.m. flight, so first thing smoking out of Milwaukee. And I have never had this happen before. While I'm sitting on the plane, we had not yet pushed away from the gate, I got a notice to check in for my flight home. My flight to Boston hadn't even left yet, and I was checking in for my flight coming back. That's never happened to me before. So early getting there, early flight this morning, but all good, man. All the better after a Bucks win. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was a thrilling one, as I mentioned, Greg. Uh, let's start with the atmosphere of TD Garden, because I imagine they're riding really high with, I don't know, three, four minutes left, and then all of a sudden, here come the smoking Bucks making everything they're shooting. What, what was the a- atmosphere like, A, and B, what was the deflation, I imagine, like once the Bucks got right back into it, tied it at 105, and then eventually took the lead? Yeah, so TD Garden's in kind of a, a downtown, pretty busy thoroughfare in Boston. There is no district, right? There's no place to just sort of hang out before the game. So when you get to TD Garden, you're going into the game. So they got a baked-in energy, I think, right away. It's not a late-arriving crowd. Fans are ready to rock from the start, and they bring it. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the language is interesting, but they bring it. <laughs> so uh, they were riding high, even through the first quarter when the Bucks had a lead. There's just a good pace, a good energy, um, close game. It's, it's exactly what you'd expect, I think, in this series. But as they started to pull away in the second quarter, and as they started to build that 14-point lead in the fourth, and as Al Horford hammered home a Jalen Brown miss with about two minutes to go, I mean, the place was bananas, Alex. I mean, it's everything you would expect it to be. It was just absolutely bonkers. But for as wild as it was at the 212 mark, it was silent as the game was, was winding down. Like, and there was, on, on the Drew block of Marcus Smart, it, it was right in front of me. I was right in the corner. But all the members of the Celtics bench were standing, and there are fans behind me who were kind of in a corner section. Uh-huh. 
I, I don't think they could tell exactly what happened. So there was this like moment of disbelief where they saw the block, but you couldn't really see what happened to the ball after that. And it happened so fast, you were just sort of like, well, wait a minute. Like It took you a second to compute. So there was a, a sense of disbelief at that moment in the game. And all of the models that suggested the Celtics were going to win at that moment they flipped, and all of a sudden the probability charts had the Bucks winning. It was incredible. Yeah, I imagine that there's not a lot of atmospheres comparable to the one you were in last night, right? Because it was such a unbelievable come-from-behind victory by Milwaukee that there's probably not a whole lot comparable to what you saw last night, Greg. You've seen a lot of games. I imagine not many like the one you saw last night. No, that was rare. You know, I think um, if I think back to Game 5, of the finals last year in Phoenix. I, I think people forget that the Suns built a, a, a pretty decent lead early in that game. The Bucks couldn't find their stroke, uh, and then it was just sort of an avalanche uh, in that second half. And unlike the game in Milwaukee where the Bucks built that double-digit lead in the, in the fourth quarter, going into the fourth quarter, the Celtics won that game going away to the point where fans were leaving while there was time still left on the clock. And that's what made, I think, yesterday – all the more interesting and special is that you had a packed house on pins and needles with the game on the line. Like, could have gone either way, right? A bounce here, a bad pass there, a great play from Drew. Like, who could have scripted that? But there was nobody leaving early last night. Oh, I believe it. Greg Matzik, sports director at 620 WTMJ, been following the Bucks all postseason long. Uh, just getting back from Boston. So, Greg, Definitely appreciate the time. So let's get into uh, the moment that I kind of said was the turning point for me as I was sitting on my couch watching this game last night was when Giannis is standing above the three-point arc with the ball in his hands, and I'm thinking, maybe don't shoot it, but if you shoot it, please make it, and he makes it, right? That felt like the turning point to me. When you saw Giannis wide open at the top of the arc the way he was, what's running through your head? Are you thinking, oh, my God, they might actually be able to do this thing? Well, I, I, I feel like any time Giannis shoots a three, it's a wasted possession. <laughs> in this in this playoffs, that's if that's what it's been like, and he's been trying to find it. And God bless him, he is playing with maniacal effort. But the three point shot has been elusive for him, uh, and really for the Bucks this entire postseason. Last night, they started to tick in the right direction. And I, I think for me, it was probably a little before that. The turning point to me was at the 10-minute mark when Mike Budenholzer called a timeout. Celtics had a 14-point lead, and the place was bananas. That was, to me, that was the now or never time. But you got to go. But you're just running out of time against a good defensive team, very good defensive team. That's also hitting enough shots to put the pressure on you. And I asked Drew Holiday about that. I said, what was it like in that timeout? Take me inside. Was it a now or never, or was it calm? Like, just describe it for me. And he said, no, we, we felt we, we had time. Like, we had plenty of time to get back into it. And that's when the avalanche started to happen. So the shot chart is really interesting. The Bucks took and made all six of their three-pointers. I can't believe it, but the Celtics didn't even attempt one. So I had thought that Giannis would have to get to 45 to win that game. He didn't. He was at 40. But all the role players chipped in with a three, a hustle for a loose ball, an offensive rebound. The Bucks had 17 offensive rebounds. Like, it just the kind of thing you couldn't script. 
everything broke the Bucks' way. But it also showed me, Alex, why the Celtics are a little flawed. Maybe their only flaw is that they haven't been here before. Mm -hmm. They haven't played through this before. When they had a chance to seal the game, they crapped the bed. And it was foolish mistakes and like a lack of urgency and not keeping their foot on the gas. That bit them last night. It, it, It haunted them last night. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Greg. Right, like the, the experience certainly shined through for the Bucks last night. I think that was that was a key point that I hadn't made yet. And I, I've just I was just so impressed by everything in the fourth quarter. Right, like through the first three quarters, it felt like Giannis and everybody else. And then all of a sudden, as you just alluded to, that that switch flipped, and, and the role players were, were you know chipping in. And Giannis was still doing his thing, but they just couldn't miss, right? Six of six from three in the fourth quarter is just a clip we haven't seen the Bucks shoot at all postseason. So it was uh, it was really fascinating. Greg, let me ask you this. What is up with the Milwaukee Bucks and bloody eyes, right? We had Bobby last round. We had Giannis this round. And the last playoff series before this was the finals against the Suns, in which Pat Connaughton had a bloody eye. What is with the Bucks and bloody eyes? Well, I, Pat did it to Giannis, so maybe he was trying to get back in here for something. <laughs> he wasn't even caused by a, a member of the Celtics. So uh, I don't know, but I that that image of Giannis with blood running down his face, calmly knocking down two clutch threes when he's been a disaster shooting from three, putting up 40 points in the process, saving the Bucks, whose offense looked broken in the second quarter. But because of Giannis, who was 7-for-7 in the paint that quarter, scoring 15 points in total, he kept it tight. I mean, he kept it in striking distance at the half. I'm watching the offense, Alex, saying, what is going on? Like, nothing is working here. And then Giannis is just like, I'm done. I'm done with this. Let's stop playing with our food. Nothing's working. I got it. We'll get to halftime and regroup. It's kind of what happened. It took a little while to regroup coming out of the break, but ultimately they get it done. Ultimately, they did. Uh, before I let you go, Greg, got to ask you, as we were just talking about the atmosphere at TD Garden, what do you expect at Fiserv tomorrow? Not only is it a do-or-die game for the Celtics, it could also fulfill a little prophecy known as Bucks in six, right? So what do you expect tomorrow on a Friday night at Fiserv? I imagine it's going to be rocking. Well, well, here's my hope, and I think you're right. It's going to be 80 degrees outside, right? I mean, if offices are full of people after 2 o'clock, something's wrong. Maybe look for a new line of work. You need to be out. Get out. Get into the Deer District. They are going to kind of control the traffic down there, 11,000 people. I get it. But what I've noticed, and the Deer District is unbelievable, but it has led to some late-arriving crowds at times. And I noticed this uh, over the weekend in Game 4 of the series. I was looking around. It's it's pretty noisy in here, but, man, there's a lot of empty seats. You know it's just going to take a little longer to get in, get organized, get to your seat. But my my hope is that people are set and ready to rock. So when the tip is tipped, that it, it's full throat from the get-go. Because you don't want to go back to Boston. Now think about this scenario. You lose tomorrow. You go back to Boston. Now you got a game seven. So you got to win for a third time on the road. Do or die series. It's it. If you win that game, you don't even come back home you probably go straight to Miami. We'll see if Miami can close out the 76ers tonight. So you're talking about going on the road for a game seven and then right to a location where you'd have to play games one and two. So it becomes like a uh, you know regular season road trip for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. So you'd like to get this thing done in six. 
hang out at home for another day or two, and then get on the road and potentially head to Miami. Or perhaps even best-case scenario, hope that Philadelphia wins, and then he start the conference finals in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's that's obviously best case. Definitely some room uh, some room to make up for Philadelphia as uh, they're tied with Miami here mid first quarter. But uh, should be fun to see. Greg, appreciate the time as always, and assuming they get it done, we'll do it again soon. Looking forward to it, man. Thank you. That's Greg Matzik, sports director at six twenty WTMJ. Again, you can find him on Twitter. Follow all of his. Uh, Fun excursions. He, he's making like a video for every game. I've really enjoyed watching those. So find him on Twitter at GMatzik. We will go around the NBA next. And as I mentioned, Philadelphia-Miami, the game ongoing right now with 522 left in the first quarter. They are tied at 16. Miami with a win tonight. Close it out. They'll advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. So certainly something to keep an eye on as the Bucks lead the Celtics. That is that is really fun to say, may I add. They lead the Celtics three games to two. Game six tomorrow. We'll go around the NBA next. It's Bucks at six here on ESPN Wisconsin. Bucks at six, roll it on on your Thursday as we continue the celebration. This is a party, baby. The Bucks win game five in unbelievable fashion last night. One of the crazier games I remember. And Matzik, who we just talked to, Greg Matzik from 620 WTMJ, brought up a good point, right? Like, there were some unbelievable games last year, too, uh, for the Bucks. Game five of the finals he brought up. Game seven of the Nets series I brought up, which you're – you know, a shoe size away from losing that game from Kevin Durant, but hey, man, we'll take it. We'll take any break we can get. Similarly to, uh, I think it was the end of the third quarter that layup um, for the Celtics. I mean, that was like a, a, a as as close as it could have been to a legal shot, but it was on the fingertip of uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was on the fingertip. Maybe Peyton Pritchard uh, as he laid it in, and uh, luckily it was after the buzzer. So I mean, you go back through that game. There's a couple things where if they just went a little bit differently, the Bucks can't win that game, but they do. And I'm not going to focus on those negative facts because this is not the day for pessimistic Patty. This is the day for optimistic Oliver. And that's who's come to play tonight. Alex Strope with you here on Bucks at 6. 800-990-3776 is your way into the show. You want to chime in on the conversation again. 800-990-3776 is the first Midwest Bank talk and text line. First Midwest Bank, a division of Old National Bank. My guy Stats, Chris Larson, holding down the show Today, in each and every edition of Bucks at Six, we go around the NBA as we take a look at some of the headlines and highlights from the other series, and we break it down. We throw in our opinion. We throw in our two cents, which are worth a hell of a lot more than two cents. Stats, this is where I say, boom, shakalaka. And this is where I say, he's on fire. And who was on fire last night? The Memphis Grizzlies were as they demolished the Golden State Warriors. The Grizz stay alive, and they're determined to take the Warriors to seven games. Getting Steven Adams back, I think, in the rotation was a big deal for the Grizz in this one. They simply, he's made the difference. The Warriors don't have a, without a shooting big man, they aren't punishing uh, him defensively in the same way that Minnesota could. Some of the, I think, I don't know about you too, Strophy, but 
the Warriors just looked lethargic last night. They didn't have that killer instinct. Like they, there was no, they were smelling blood in the water, but they couldn't get the job done. Yeah. Uh, now they have to play Game Six without Gary Payton the second. And perhaps they're not going to have Otto Porter Jr. Uh, so they can maybe force a loss to get through Game Seven on the road to determine the fate of the season. And I know it's not worth forty points missing your head coach, but the Warriors just seem to have not looked as good with Steve Kerr not on the sidelines. He's been he's been out with COVID. 19. Getting him back on the bench as soon as possible, I think, is paramount for them. They're already, like I said, they're already missing Peyton. They're perhaps going to be without Porter. Being without their coach only makes things more difficult. So, this is a big, big game six uh, coming up tomorrow night between the Grizz and the Warriors. Yeah, Chris, let me ask you this, uh, because you didn't mention one major factor in this game, and I'm not going to mention it yet. I just got to ask you. Do, do you have, like, a little bit of a Warriors fandom inside you? Do I? Or not, not at all? Not really, no. Yeah, do you? No. Okay, because you made you made that sound like the Warriors were the team dealing with the biggest issue, and I strongly disagree. Let's not forget the Grizzlies didn't have John Morant in that game. That's, that's why they I said, still yeah. won by thirty nine points. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's just when you're a cha- when you're a championship type team and you smell blood in the water like that, you got to finish them off. And and how the you know, we're talking about the Suns in a little bit. Oh, I think they're going to do that tonight uh, when they play I their game, but. If you look at both teams, they're both championship contenders, but I think the Suns have that championship feel to them where they can they can smell the blood in the water and take out their opponent where the Warriors couldn't do that last night for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know what the reason was. It was really odd. And, you know, I've never put a lot of stock into plus-minus, right? Like, it is, a, it is a good stat overall. I think, you know, some stats, stats uh, are not very good. I think plus-minus is. Clay Thompson was minus 45 last night. I don't know that I've ever seen a margin that large in the playoffs, especially this deep into the playoffs. That is a crazy uh, plus-minus for Clay Thompson. Minus 45. And it's not like he even had that bad of a game, right? He had two turnovers. He shot over 50%. He shot 50% from outside. He was the leading scorer for the Warriors, and he was minus 45. I just don't know what the hell went wrong. Uh, but I will say, Chris, I did enjoy the style of the Warriors where they kind of just conceded, right? Like, none of their players played over 25 minutes. They just kind of said, all right, this game's clearly out of hand. We're not going to have the ability, as good as we are from outside, to get back in this thing. Let's just play 12 guys. Let's go all the way to the end of the bench. Let's let this time run out, and then we'll recalibrate and refocus for Game 6, which is exactly what I expect them to do. I think they'll win it uh, tomorrow in Game 6. But they didn't look good at all, right? Memphis was rocking, as it has been all playoffs long. The Grizzlies played their best game all year. I'm talking regular season, too. And it was without John Morant. They've been really good without John Morant this year, too. I think they're like 7-1 and one or 7-2 and two prior to last night's game without John Morant. And they looked that good as well, right? I think it was a total of seven guys in double digits for, for the Grizzlies, while a few of them didn't really matter because they didn't play till later in the game. It was just an outstanding showing for Memphis. And to your earlier point, Chris, Steven Adams plugged it up defensively inside, didn't play terrifically offensively, but he was good. And, I mean, he was a garbage man, grabbing all the boards for Memphis. I think it's a one-off. I think it's. I don't want to call it a fluke because Memphis is good, but they're not Warriors good. They, sh- they have no business beating the Warriors by 39 points. I think this series is over tomorrow, but it is a fun story. It was a fun game, and I got to turn it off by, like, halftime. So, especially after the third quarter, which they just whooped them. 42-17 to 17 was the score in the third quarter. So, 
Warrior, Warriors will win it tomorrow, though, Chris, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go Warriors tomorrow night, probably also. too. But just the fact that that game was so lopsided like it was, and the Warriors just didn't have weird. that mentality just to close out a team that you could clearly see was down maybe their best player in John Morant. But and I was here with, uh, dealing with Milwaukee Bucks responsibilities for that game, but I was just at the TV, and I didn't get much, 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 much of the game. But they had a 55-point lead in the third. I'm like, are they up 55 points? Like, what the hell's going yeah. on here? Yeah, one of the crazier uh, blowouts I remember in recent memory. Like it was, it was 77 never really seven points close. in the first half. Yeah, like that doesn't happen in the playoffs. And I talked about it in the first segment. Defense is sexy, Chris. The Warriors couldn't play it last night. They, they had not, none no. of it. No, no defense at all. What's next? All right, moving on. Philly faces playoff eliminations tonight. The game going on right now, 24-19. to The Heat winning that one over the Sixers. I really want to see a Game 7 in this series. I, I always thought the Sixers could win tonight. Uh, I think the Sixers would win this game easily tonight or they lose it. I mean, we wanted to see, you got to see James Harden looking like he actually cares. You got to have Maxi playing great. You got to have Green hitting threes. If they don't, I think they're going to lose this game. Right now they're down by five points, but I really want to see a game seven in this series. I'll quickly correct you as Tobias Harris. You may have heard me go, ooh, midway through your sentence there. Tobias Harris just hit a buzzer beater three at the end of the first quarter. So it is now 28-25, Miami in front by three. Uh, I disagree with you, though. I do want to see a Game 7 here, and that's strictly for selfish reasons. No, I I do also. Drag this out as far as you can. Oh, I thought you said you did. No, I do. I do definitely Uh, want to see, yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I I want this to go as far as You want to see it because, yeah, because for the Bucks to get some rest then also, right? Exactly, right? Give give Chris Middleton an extra day. Just like I I am to the point where a day actually means something, right? Like I don't know, I, I have no inside sources. I'm not friends with Chris Middleton. I don't know where he's at in his recovery, but it's been over 3 weeks now. So I'm expecting in the next week or two we're going to get some good news on Chris Middleton. So a day is just that much closer to good news. So yes, that is why I want to see 7. I do think Miami is the better team in the series. But Philadelphia is on their home floor tonight. So let's get a win for the Sixers. I call that a win for the Bucs. I don't give a damn what happens in Game 7. I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it. I don't care what happens. I just want it to go 7, to your point, Chris, strictly for my selfish reasons for the Milwaukee Bucks. It's been a really entertaining series because Miami looked like they were going to run away with it early. And then Joel Embiid comes back with the mask on. And... uh, He's responded, and I think there's a chip on his shoulder also for getting the MVP results this week and seeing for the second straight year he was the runner-up. He's like doing a Kevin Durant from the early 2010s where every year he's taking second place in the MVP voting, unable to get over the hump. He doesn't want the same for his team in the playoffs, so he's going to do whatever. He's kind of doing his own uh, impression of Giannis, not quite as efficiently and as impressively as Giannis has been doing, but he's going to do whatever the hell it takes to get over the hump. And uh, it's been it's been a fun series. And seeing Tobias hit that three there at the buzzer of the first quarter uh, keeps it within three points. Whoo, baby. We're big Sixers fans tonight, Chris. And our last one up here on Around the NBA, the Suns will try and close out the Mavericks in Game 6 tonight. Home teams still perfect in this series. Suns will try and do so on the road. I think it's going to be the end of the road for Dallas and Luka. Luka just needs help. They have, I think the Suns have championship stuff, like I mentioned earlier, about the Warriors not closing it out last night against the Grizz. When championship teams see blood in the water, they pounce. I think the Warriors didn't do that last night. I expect the Suns to do it tonight. They're going to move on to the Western Conference Finals. 
Yeah, that line has moved. So it opened with Dallas as the favorite, but now Phoenix favored by two points even. So that that line has changed uh, since yesterday when the opening line came out with not any news coming out, right? Like nobody's missing for Dallas, obviously Luka being the big one. I agree with you. I think Phoenix gets it done finally tonight. And it just sets up that that really fun, which we assume, again, Golden State will win tomorrow. It sets up that really fun Western Conference Finals. Because if the Warriors, assuming the Warriors of yesterday don't show up in the next round, that series has instant classic written all over it, right? And I think it would play out, and we'll talk about it more next week when we actually get to that series being a fact. That series plays out similarly to how Phoenix and Dallas has so far, right? The home team winning every game, and it goes the whole seven. Because Phoenix and Golden State, I hate to say this given how the Bucks played last night, but I think the NBA champion comes out of the Western Conference Finals right now, just where it stands. If the Bucks get Chris back and he's 100%, I'm changing my mind again. But right now, I feel as if the winner of the series the Bucks are in with the Celtics right now will represent the East. I think the winner of the Western Conference Finals, which I assume will be the Suns and the Warriors, win the NBA title this year. So that's where I'm at. I think the Suns get it done tonight as well, though. I just think they're too good, and uh, that streak of home teams winning will be broken. However, I'll ask you this, Chris, before we get the break. Is tonight a, J- a uh, Devin Booker game or a Chris Paul game? Right, like there are there are games where both of them will do tremendous things, but there are uh, there have been a couple games in this series where it's like, wow, Chris Paul still has everything he had ten years ago. Yeah, Chris Paul hasn't been doing much in the last couple of games, so I think it's got to be a Devin Booker type game. Yeah, unless Chris Paul can bounce back, but he hasn't done it the last couple of games. I'm I'm going to say it's going to be a Devin Booker kind of game tonight. Interesting. Okay, see, I go the other direction. I think tonight's the night where Chris Paul shuts you up, Chris. I think I think this is the game where he comes out and he just does everything he can. Devin Booker will obviously still provide. He's averaging 27 points a game. But I I still think tonight is the night where we see Chris Paul, you know, with 11 assists, 7 rebounds, 8 rebounds, and somewhere like 25 points. Like, I think it's just a Chris Paul game tonight. But who knows? I I, I have not uh, been perfect on my predictions on this program uh, throughout the last couple of weeks. We'll wrap it up next. There is a dog that has my attention because it's really, really good at picking NBA games. I'll explain that next. It's Bucks at 6 here on ESPN Wisconsin. More Associated Bank. Your money works here. Learn more about fan accounts at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. Mulligan's Irish Pub and Grill on 27th Street in Franklin provides the comfort of an Irish pub with the exciting atmosphere of a sports bar. Locally owned and operated, Mulligan's has 21 HD TVs for you to watch all the big games. Try their amazing food, including the award-winning chili and lamb stew. Enjoy the outdoor patio this summer at Mulligan's, voted Milwaukee's best happy hour and best Irish pub. A fun place to be on game day or any day. It's Mulligan's Irish Pub and Grill on 27th Street in Franklin, where everyone gets an extra stroke. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that with the American Family Insurance Home Quote Tool, you can easily design a customized policy for your dream home right from the comfort of your couch. And fun paint fact, there are over 150 shades of white, like Hello White, Fluffy Bunny, Eggshell. They get it. Explore the AmFam Home Quote Tool at amfam.com home to learn more about your policy coverage options. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Products not available in every state. 
From the tee box, all the way to the green, and every fairway rough and fescue in between. Join Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson for On the Tee every Monday night at 6. I have a bit of a problem right now, and I, I need your help with it. <laughs> I have a lot of problems. I'm, I'm going to tell you this comes, right now. When it comes... The answer is more golf. Like, okay, just okay, send okay. your well, life my way. I'll let her know. Hey. On the Tee with Gabe and Stephen, presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Mondays at 6, right here on 94.5 ESPN. Keep the good times rolling every Sunday with GKB founder and CEO Craig Karmazin on Sunday Karma. We're 15 years into this, right? Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great quarterback, but he needs more if you're going to go to the Super Bowl. Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin. He used to always tell me he was never going to be Brett Favre. And on a number of levels, history has been a lot like Harvey, right? Sundays from 10 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. The pack is back for off-season workouts, and that means a first look at the new guys. When I watched Christian Watson, he just looked like he needs to put on some muscle. Okay. I thought you told me he was solid muscle. He's much stronger than he looks. Uh Uh-huh. He's wiry. Like, he's 6'5". Wiry? Wiry. Oh, boy. I'm wiry. He's wiry. But he's good, right? Like, he's live. (sighs) For the best analysis of the Packers offseason, there's only one place to turn. 94.5 ESPN. A return full of anticipation. We're going up there to kick ass. A return full of memories. I told him it's lonely being a warrior sometimes. A return full of... Wait, it's already been four years? I like to have a beer with you and talk football sometime, but it ain't going to happen tonight. Mike McCarthy makes his return to Lambeau Field in Week 10. 94.5 ESPN is your home to talk all things green and gold schedule. And subscribe to the Pack Attack podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. You're listening to Box Set 6 on ESPN Wisconsin and streaming on WisconsinOnDemand.com. Yeah, rolling on Box Set 6, the celebration as we lead up to Game 6 tomorrow between the Bucks and the Celtics in the Eastern Conference semifinals. How you doing, everybody? Alex Strope hanging out with you for a couple more minutes as we wrap up the celebration today. But there's, there's just something that keeps popping up on my social media that I need to talk about because it's not fake. And I am just blown away. So at the beginning of this series, and I don't know if we talked about it on the show or not, but I saw this cute little corgi, right? Like, I'm a dog guy. I love dogs. Who doesn't love dogs? And there's this cute little corgi on TikTok uh, that goes by the name of Air Korg. Air Korg. A-I-R-C-O-R-G on TikTok. 982,000 followers. So a big account. Big following for this cute little corgi. And Air, the, the name of the corgi, uh, does prediction TikToks. So the owner of, of Air will throw like a balloon or a ball in the direction at the top of a staircase of cor- of the corgi. And the corgi, with its big nose, will hit the ball, and it'll go down the stairs towards a particular cup. So in the particular TikTok I'm in st- referencing here, on the left side, there's a cup that says Milwaukee Bucks, and on the right side, there's a cup that says Boston Celtics. And the owner will throw the ball at the corgi until you get a full series prediction, right? The ball lands in a cup four times. So, <laughs> as unbelievable as it is, Eric Corgi 
Game one, the ball goes in the Bucks cup. Game two, the ball goes in the Celtics cup. Game three, the ball goes in the Bucks cup. Game four, the ball goes in the Celtics cup. Game five, you guessed it, the ball goes in the Celtics or excuse me, the Bucks cup after going down the staircase on the side of the Celtics, it hits a railing and falls into the Bucks cup. Perfectly predicting that this will be the Celtics game to lose, and then somehow the Bucks will win that game. Which is exactly what happened. And for game six, the Corgi predicts it's all Bucks. Nice and smooth. So I'm blown away by this genius Corgi uh, on TikTok that's making these predictions perfectly for the Milwaukee Bucks series. So all we need to do to not only fulfill Brandon Jennings' prophecy of Bucks and Six, you gotta fulfill the Corgi's prophecy of Bucks and Six in the series. It's crazy. TikTok was posted in April. Nail it. I'm, I'm blown away by that. One other thing I want to get to quick is Giannis Antetokounmpo. After the win last night, after how much he's done, right? He's getting totally worn out in this series, which hopefully he's got much more tank left in, or gas left in the tank, excuse me, as we hope to roll on into another series after this. He joked about the idea of taking a year off. Here's Giannis. Do you guys think if I take a year off uh, uh, out of after this season, do I still get paid? How, do you guys know how it works? If I take if I take a year off, yeah. what would I do? I'll disappear. I'll go to an island in Greece, stay with my family, and uh, disappear for a year. Yeah, as Giannis, he's just exhausted. He's got the cut over his eye. He's thinking, yeah, maybe I'll pull a Kawhi Leonard or something. You know, maybe I'll just take a year off, go hang out in Greece. Then I'll come back and play again. I'm just exhausted, and I, I don't take what Giannis. You know, thought about there seriously at all, and you shouldn't either, right? He's joking. He's Giannis. He's a jokester. He got a big win. He's, he's fried. And I just love the human aspect of Giannis. And we've talked about this plenty uh, the last several years uh, about Giannis and Tenacupo. He's just the most likable guy in the world. And uh, last night was another example of that because it was called out on social media by fans, by, by everybody in game four that he just looked gassed. He looked wiped towards the end of that game. He was given everything he has. And that was noticeable again last night, but a little bit differently because the Bucks obviously were, were having that triumphant comeback and ultimately led to a win. And he, he ends his, his press conference by saying, I still get paid if I take a year off, right? I'd ask the same question if I was quitting my job. And speaking of which, we got to quit the program tonight because we're out of time. A big thanks to Hunter Vaughn and Chris Larson for running the show, as always. We'll do it again next week, assuming the Bucks can get it done this weekend. Say it with me now. Bucks in six. Bucks in six. That does it for Bucks at six. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.